In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I used to like to watch uh, old westerns on the Western Channel, and one of them that I watched was Rawhide with Clint Eastwood and Eric Fleming and Sheb Woolley. And, and the, the theme song for Rawhide always came on, and at the end it was, uh, head them up, move them out. Rawhide. Hear that whip cracking. And that reminds me of today's gospel lesson. The lesson for today is Jesus' cleansing of the temple. And by cleansing, I don't mean that he got some wipes and wiped down all the altar and everything else that was in the temple. I mean that he made a whip of cords, much like rawhide, and drove out the merchants and the money changers out of the temple courtyard. He was pretty doggone mad in the kind of hierarchy of uh, intensity of emotions. You start out with things like miffed, annoyed, irritated, peeved, angry, ticked, mad, furious, seething, enraged, homicidal. Jesus was probably, sounds like up at the, uh, kind of at the upper end, like maybe enraged. And uh, if you've ever been angry about something that was a, a kind of righteous wrath, then you know what, Je what Jesus was feeling. I talked to a, a guy who was watching his parents home when they went into uh, uh, rehab after hospital. And somebody had broken into their home and stolen stuff and vandalized the rest. And he was hopping mad. He said, if I catch those little squirts, I'll pinch their little heads off. Another woman had her car broken into and she felt violated and she, wanted, she had righteous anger over that too. And that's what Jesus had. He was looking at the temple situation and it just really pulled his chain. And the reason was because the temple, uh, the temple situation was really uh, commercialized and crooked. So according to historian Josephus, there were the temple courtyard was about six football fields big and there was you could fit hundreds or thousands of animals and people in there and they would be selling animals for temple sacrifice now people were expected to go to the temple once a year and offer a sacrifice but if they came from far away they didn't want to drag a sheep or a couple of doves along with them they just wanted to come and buy it once they got into town so they could do that in the temple courtyard but the uh, catch was that they had to pay two or three prices for an animal. They were being ripped off on the sale price. And then the other thing was if they wanted to make a, a money offering to the offering box inside the temple, they couldn't use uh, Roman money. Now, they had to use Roman money for daily commerce because Israel was a conquered vassal state of Rome. But they couldn't take that money into the temple because it had a picture of Caesar on there that said a divine emperor, a son of God. Well, that's blasphemy. They weren't going to be able to do that. So they had to change that money for Jewish money, and then they could go in and put that in the temple offering box. But again, the problem was the rate of exchange was terrible. 50 cents on the dollar or less. They were being ripped off. Ripped off on the animals, ripped off on the uh, exchange of money. They, they were being held up, and they didn't even use a gun. So Jesus saw this, and it made him steaming mad. He looked at that big business in the temple and big crooked business, 
and he made his whip of cords and he drove them out of there. And that had to be a sight. Jesus with his whip and his eyes blazing and sheep scattered, pigeons flying, tables overturned, money scattered, people running. It had to really be quite a show. And in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, this is really given as the reason why they had to kill Jesus. They didn't care that much about Jesus' theology. It was his politics and the way that he disturbed their money stream. According to historian Josephus, this was the biggest racket in town. I mean, they had uh, the high priest Annas, his four sons, and his son-in-law Caiaphas. Remember that name? He becomes high priest by the time Jesus is killed. But before that, they were getting a cut out of everything that was sold in the temple courtyard. They were, <laughs> they were getting a rake-off from all the animals, all the trinkets, all the money changing. They got something from all of that. It was the biggest crooked business in town. And Jesus was hopping mad when he saw that and drove them out. His summary was, my father's house should be a house of prayer, and you've turned it into a den of thieves. Now, when we think about Jesus being that mad, it seems a little out of character. And, you know, we maybe grew up with our prayers in Sunday school and before we went to bed. Uh, Dearest Jesus, meek and mild, look on me, a little child. This is a lot different than that. This is angry Jesus, made a whip, <laughs> got them all, and gave them up. This is, this is some kind of a different prayer than we had when I was a kid. Thinking about Jesus being mad, and I think there's a part of us that says, can you do that as a Christian? Can you be mad like that? I mean, isn't that, isn't that wrong somehow? But there is a passage in Scripture that says, be angry, but sin not. So apparently you can do both. You can be angry and not sin. And there are good examples of that uh, throughout uh, biblical history and uh, in secular history. Moses was really angry. He, he went up on Mount Sinai to get the, the Ten Commandments, came down with the two tablets of stone with the Ten Commandments, and he was only gone 40 days, and the people had already made a golden calf, an idol, and they were worshiping it. And he threw the stones down and it was teed off, and he had to go back up later to get the two tablets again. That was righteous wrath. And Abraham Lincoln was mad at slavery. And Martin Luther was angry over the uh, corruption and the immorality and the legalism that had crept into the medieval church of his time. Martin Luther King Jr. was angry over racial injustice and hatred. Nelson Mandela was angry over apartheid in South Africa. There's a lot of examples of people having righteous wrath it was anger that they should have had. Dr. David Seamans wrote a, a paragraph on this that I really like. He said, Anger is a divinely implanted emotion. It aligns with our, closely aligns with our sense of right and is designed for the sole purpose of constructive spiritual growth. If a person does not get angry over evil, it is doubtful whether they are that concerned with what is good. If a person doesn't get mad over wrong, it's questionable whether they really are that concerned about righteousness. So there are things that we should be mad about. 
when we see a bully hurting another little child, we should be mad. When we see catty teenage girls picking on another, we should be mad. When we see uh, a, a husband beating a wife or a wife beating a husband, we should be mad. When we see old people being ripped off by schemes and scams, we should be mad. But too many times our anger is not over righteous purposes. Too many times our anger is over things like when, when we were, uh, our ego was bruised or uh, somebody disagreed with us or said something that you know, we didn't like. And Jesus was never angry over stuff like that. Jesus was angry over two things. One, irreverence to God, and two, injustice to other people. And that's what we need to be mad about. Irreverence to God, injustice to other people. Anger is an emotion that too many times we use in sinful ways. We're not righteously mad over wrongs that are done and protecting people from these. We, you know, don't like the way somebody talked to us or we don't like the way they drive on the highway and so we have road rage and want to run them off the road and kill them. Or we, we, we feel like our, our false pride has been bruised by something somebody said. Our egos are damaged and so we're angry and then we unfriend them on Facebook or whatever else we want to do. We don't, we don't oftentimes deal with righteous anger. We spend a lot of time with meaningless, petty, unrighteous anger. And anger is something that has become so prevalent in our culture. We're, we're, we like to be angry about everything and feel that violence is a way to solve things. It's very much that way in our country. Now it's even creeping into the church, that kind of divisiveness and anger lately. And we, we sometimes make excuses and say, well, what are you going to do? He made me mad. No, nobody can make you mad. You're either mad because you decide to be or you're not. Nobody can make you mad. I can prove this to you. Make me mad. If I had enough time, I could wait and see if you could do it. Maybe you'd say, well, I'll come up and slap you in the face, Cal. Okay, you could do that, but it still wouldn't necessarily make me mad. I might choose to be mad. Maybe that would be appropriate, but I might not. I might choose to be understanding and, and have pity and forgive you. Jesus did. People hit him, slapped him, spit on him, mocked him, hung him on a cross. He chose not to be angry. He chose to understand their ignorance and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So we don't have to be angry about things, but we can be. And there are times when we really, really need to be angry about injustice and irreverence. When I think about Jesus and that blazing eye and that whip of cords, <laughs> I think all over again that, you know, when we hear the rawhide theme, head them up, move them out, rawhide, it had better be about these two things, irreverence to God, injustice to other people. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.